We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for October 25th, 2015. Today's study is going to mostly be on issues that relate to health, um, both human and animal health, uh, a lot of the different things that are going on. Some of these subjects I've covered in part, some of them I haven't covered in a long time, some of this is totally new material. Uh, the first audio clips I want to play is a special investigative report, Dead Pets Don't Lie, just came out this week. I'm not giving any kind of blanket endorsement over any ministry or whatever, but the material they're covering in here I was aware of, and um, I do believe 100% it's factual what they're talking about here, and um, I've probably put out a lot of links to things like this in the past, but this was probably one of the better audios I've ever heard regarding this subject. Um, and so let's go ahead and start this off. Special investigative report. For generations, we've depended on science to enhance our lives here on planet Earth, but now the science that we've depended on is fundamentally transforming our world and even what it means to be human. Welcome to Skywatch TV. I'm Derek Gilbert. This is the first of a, of a series that we're calling Genetic Armageddon, as science rewrites the genetic code, not just of humanity, but of the creatures that the Lord has entrusted to us as stewards of his creation. In the coming weeks, you'll hear from experts such as holistic veterinarian Dr. Gene Hovey, talking about how the food that we are feeding our pets is actually rewriting their DNA. And again, I have covered this uh, particular topic over and over again and have always tried to relate to the fact that what this is all about in the end times from a satanic agenda is rewriting our DNA, changing us from a genetic level with the food, with the air, with the water, um, one of the most direct ways to do it is via vaccines uh, because you're bypassing all of the normal routes where you would normally uh, either inhale, ingest, it gets on your skin. You're bypassing all those routes and you're going straight into the bloodstream. What was Genesis 6 all about? Um, the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair. They took them wise all that they chose. And in those days were giants. So this byproduct of fallen angels intermarrying with human women was what caused this genetic Armageddon in Noah's day. And it got so bad that God had to literally destroy the whole earth because all flesh had basically been corrupted um, or pretty close to it. And Satan knew if he could corrupt the seed line and change us into something that's not fully human, well, then the Savior could never come through that appointed line. But he preserved that line through Noah. And um, <clears throat> God had to essentially start over. And as it was in Noah's day, the reason that they had two by two on the animals going into the ark is the animals had been defiled as well, uh, most likely. And, and I mean, the book of Enoch re relates to that some, and I mean, as a commentary. But I mean, if that wasn't the case, why would he have to destroy the whole earth? No, both human and animal DNA had been corrupted. Now, God's not going to flood the earth again. Okay, but Jesus Christ said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So we should be expecting another genetic Armageddon. And we're seeing that on multiple, multiple, multiple levels. 
And this is just one more evidence. This report is one more evidence of this and one more confirming aspect of Scripture. We'll also talk about how the Defense Department is researching ways to transform what it means to be human on a very basic level. Today, we'll focus on the new book, which will be coming out on November 17th, along with our documentary film, Inhuman, the movie. Uh, this is a book that will shock you, it will alarm you, it may make you angry. Dead Pets Don't Lie. Our guests today, the co-authors of the book, Donna Howell and Joe Artis. Welcome. Hi, Derek. Thanks for having us. This, well... Uh, and this is not Tom Horn, even though it sounds like identical, basically. I mean, if there was ever anybody that could do an impression of Tom Horn's voice... I don't, I mean, he's got a different last name, but he sounds like it'd be his son, because, I mean, it, it's uncanny how much he sounds like Tom Horn. I'll say again, this is a book that, that will leave the reader angry, I think. Uh, Joe, what was it that came to your attention that led you and Donna to write Dead Pets Don't Lie? We started writing the book after we came into some information that, that was quite alarming about the underhanded practices of what's going on in the commercial pet food industry. And some of the information, let me just premise right away that as we're sharing some of the things we're going to talk about in this program, I already know in advance that a lot of the viewers of this program will probably hear some of what we have to say, and their initial reaction will be very similar to the reaction that I once had mm -hmm. when I was first learning of it, and that is, what? Mm -hmm. This can't be real, right? They, they can't make this stuff up, right? Um, would it shock you, Derek, if I told you that all across the USA right now in commercial chain stores, popular huge chain stores, the big box, big box stores, right, yep. that tons and tons of the most popular commercial pet foods on the market actually contain euthanized dogs and cats. When, when, we, when we have a pet, because we've, we've had to put down several dogs in, in my lifetime, and it was a difficult experience, but you're telling me that after, after our dogs passed through the veterinarian's office, there was a good chance that they wound up back in the, in the food chain for other dogs and cats? The, the, there's, a, there's a very strong possibility that they're picked up by what is known as a rendering uh, plant, a rendering company. And what these rendering companies do is they don't want to waste that opportunity to increase their bottom line. This is, this is in fact, a source of protein, okay, in the eyes of the, of the commercial manufacturers that are making the food. So why not? Why, why let those opportunities to gather that meat up go to waste, right? Mm -hmm. Well, now, they're relying, of course, on, on the fact that they've got these big television campaigns and so forth. And people have this assumption that some or many uh, factions within the government, that there are these benevolent arms of the government that is regulating this, which, again, is why this whole idea sounds preposterous when you hear it up front. But... The idea that the FDA or, or some other branch of the government is insulating them from these issues, these poisons, these disastrous meats. And, of course, uh, many people don't know this, but the, the chemical pentobarbital that's used when you euthanize a cat or a dog remains in the meat through the rendering process. It survives the rendering process. It survives the rendering process. That's right. And I've, I've got some... So the pets are also ingesting what they actually euthanize the pets with, this toxic chemical used to kill them. But another thing that they don't even mention here that I've heard on numerous occasions is that these pets that are euthanized, many times they'll have flea collars on. They don't even take the flea collars off. They just grind them up with the pets. I've heard that on more than one occasion, that that's happening as well. So all the toxicity from those 
highly toxic flea collars. Uh, and because, listen, they're just using poisons. Nothing in the veterinary industry is really a whole lot different than the American medical industry. You're using a controlled poison in order to get an effect. That way you're going to create more diseases, you're going to create more problems in whatever animal or human you're using it in, just like drugs. You take drugs, they all have side effects, and then you have to take more of the same drug because the receptors for that particular drug get filled to get the same effect, and then you have to take other drugs to offset the side effects of the one drug, and you end up where a lot of people in the end stage of life are on 20 to 30 meds. All by design. It's called reoccurring revenue. They're all controlled poisons produced by the pharmacia company. They, you cannot drug your body into good health. Pets are no different. The whole thing with the subject of vaccinations and pets. It's no different with pets. They're all equally as toxic. They're, the, 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 the medications and preparations they use, it's the same thing. It's, it's just the American medical um, model applied to the pets. I'm not saying that Doing something to save a pet's life is bad, but I'm talking about day in, day out. You can't drug your body or vaccinate your body into good health. Thing, we, we, during our investigation, the, the investigation that Donna Howell and I did over the last couple of years as we were compiling the information for the book, Dead Pets Don't Lie, we were able to retrieve documents from the FDA directly. So the following, I'm going to read you something. This is, this is, this is a, 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 an admission directly from the horse's mouth. The FDA not only knows this is going on, but they're not regulating it to the degree that it avoids uh, what we're talking about right now, where these, these animals are not scrutinized and pulled. They're absolutely rendered and put back into the pet foods. This is an excerpt directly from the FDA. Because in addition to producing anesthesia, pentobarbital is routinely used to euthanize animals, the most likely way it could get into dog food would be in rendered animal products. Rendered products come from a process that converts animal tissues to feed ingredients. Pentobarbital seems to be able to survive the rendering process. If animals are euthanized with pentobarbital and subsequently rendered, pentobarbital could be present in the rendered feed ingredients. So the chemical that's used to euthanize, to kill, the, the sick animals, these aged animals, survives the process and winds up back in the, what, what would the ingredient be called in the pet food? Crude protein? <laughs> we call it poisonous meat. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but, but yes, it absolutely survives the rendering process, and that's, that's what I'm getting at. The FDA already knows this is happening. So when pets are euthanized at some of these shelters and vet clinics, they are then picked up by people that gather meat throughout the city. Some of this can be roadkill. Some of this, take, take for example, people that are raising cattle. Okay, let's say you have a thousand cows on a cattle farm. Mm -hmm. Well, again, we, we don't want to waste these opportunities, right, to gather meat. Well, after all, this can be rendered and put into the protein powder that ultimately makes it into a ton of these commercial pet foods. So cattle that are diseased. Uh, the first time I ever heard the phrase food animal, okay, food animal, that's the term we're using for a lot of the animals that make it into the rendering process and then passed along into these commercial pet foods. What is a food animal? A food animal, according to the FDA, is any meat source within an animal that is not fit for human consumption. So this includes animals with cancer, visible tumors. I mean, some of this stuff is so gross, I really don't want to talk about it on television that people change the channel. But, mm -hmm. but you know, cattle that, that are found dead or already dying. 
Hmm, chickens with protrusions that have huge tumors coming off the side of their uh, their, their body where they, they are so large because of the illness that they're inflicted by, they can't even walk. Hmm. I've seen video of these chickens where they're just hobbling across the ground. Well, when they're dead or after they're dead, and sometimes these animals can be found dead in a pasture two, three weeks later, riddled with maggots, crawling with all kinds of, of life form and flies and things like this, those are picked up by people that take all of this, the euthanized pets, the, 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 the unfit for human consumption animals that are coming from farms and various places. All of them are bottlenecked to a rendering company where up a conveyor belt they go into basically a mulcher and mm. they're ground up into what is called a protein powder and that powder is then... Ugh, they're showing pictures of 50-gallon barrels of dead cats and dogs and literally you're seeing like their paws and stuff sticking up in their little bodies literally this is what we're talking about here sold to tons i mean i think it would really Ugh. shock people if they knew the number of a, a literal mound of dead cats i mean how sad you need to if you have a pet and you have to get it put to sleep um you need to make sure you take your pet and you bury it yourself somewhere because if you don't, there is a high likelihood this is exactly what is going to happen with your pet. I hate to be the bearer of bad tidings, but I mean, I'd also like you, it's more important that you know the truth about this. Popular, tele, these, these people have TV ads constantly uh, promoting the health and the wellness of their commercial pet foods, and these animals are ending up all in the same vat and then sold to unsuspecting consumers who again believe that there is some benevolent insulator out there within the government that is regulating this food and keeping the world of pet food safe for them and they don't have to do any of the thinking. Yeah, how demonically ironic this is. Here you have these pet food companies which have, you know, Rover and Fluffy in these happy situations um, online and I'm talking any type of commercial pet food this would apply to and um, have them frolicking through nature or wherever and then literally if what was known is is in these pet foods are other pets that have been euthanized ground up in the most just I guess, inhumane way you could imagine possible, many times with their flea collars on, and then process back into the very pet food that you're feeding your own pet so that they can go through the same cycle and that they can die prematurely and that they can have health problems that you'll have to take them to the vet for all by design, and then they get vaccinated, which produces more health problems, significantly decreases the life of your pet, and you think you're doing your pet a good thing because you're being destroyed for lack of knowledge you're, you're being ignorant of satan's devices and he's getting an advantage of you i'm not condemning anybody i didn't know this information either um fully un until um some recent years but now it's becoming more and more mainstream just like a lot of the and i believe this is why the illuminati seems to be getting more aggressive and almost accelerating their timeline because a lot of people are waking up just not to to the new world order just not to like i don't know 9 11 truth or or the corruption of our government, or the corruption of Big Pharma, or the chemtrails, or whatever. They're waking up to all of this collectively, a lot of people. So, Satan, via the Illuminati, via the, the global elite, whatever you want to call them, are 
I believe are in more of a desperation mode to accelerate their plan. And I understand, yes, there's masses of sheeple people out there that don't care about this. But there are a there is an increasing percentage of people that are waking up and, and to what is being done to them, their pets, their families, the whole nine yards. And this is just one aspect of it. It, it sounds like what he is saying is so sensational that it can't hardly be believed. Yes. The Discovery Channel did um, what was called the um, the animal rendering business or something like that, where Mike Rowe, the host of, uh, of mm -hmm. Dirty Jobs, right. went with the Discovery Channel and actually filmed an entire the entire rendering process at a plant. The, the cow that they had picked up at the beginning of the episode had been dead for at least four days, they said. It was, like Joe said, covered in maggots by the time this clearly diseased meat had been taken. I mean, rotten, maggot-infested meat being ground up and rendered back into... It's just not um, your house pet. I believe it's also the livestock industry in general this is going on with, where they're, they're rendering it and in, in a certain percentage of this is also going back to livestock feed as well in fact probably a much larger percentage if you if you did uh looked at it statistically and they uh discussed how it was going from point a to point z which is the protein powder that's carried from the plant to wherever it goes and they admitted in that episode that it is being sold to the highest bidder they don't care where it goes and what it's used for but the one thing that joe didn't mention that i think is also crucial to the rendering process is the denaturing that happens close to the end um you know, it's not just the heat process that goes in. And by the way, the rendering process, the pentobarbital does survive it, mm -hmm. as well as a lot of other nasty chemicals. Mm -hmm. Well, think about this, too. If they're grinding the whole animal up, they're grinding up all of their feces, any urine that is in the animal, um, the, the, the toxins that they have bioaccumulated over the years, but, you know, in the soft tissue, in the liver, and that's being ground up. So you're having further bio... So, so the pet food would get more and more and more toxic because you've got pets now that might have been rendered like generationally, meaning you have the first pet that was rendered back whenever they started this, okay? And then that, now that pet, um, that food that was from that rendered pet is then fed back to, and then you have further bioaccumulation of these toxins in the animals that are then rendered when they die. So it becomes more and more toxic over time. These animals become more and more toxic. Then you got the chemtrails and you got the, all the stuff they're doing in the water. And, and so that's another way they're, they're bioaccumulating these things. It's all about getting us dead is what it's all about, killing us. Decreasing our lifespan, creating a weak, sickly population because Satan knows a weak and sickly population is easy to control. And that goes for God's creation as well as humans and animals. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and this is all part of his satanic agenda and plan. That are in this big vat of the raw, they call it, but one of the things that they have to do is sanitize it or denature it from some of some of the other things that could cause immediate harm or death or whatever and in that they're adding other chemicals to the process which would, would they're outside a rendering plant now they're showing it in the background that this um, particular lady and the, and the man that sounds like Tom Horn 
um, they're outside of a rendering plane. She has to keep pulling her, her shirt up over her her mouth because it, it stinks so bad. I mean, I can't even imagine how bad. Can you imagine being inside? I mean, they're, they're a good, oh, it looks like a good maybe at least 100 yards, if not 200 yards away from this place. Can you imagine being inside where it's all concentrated? I mean, you'd have to probably wear some type of gas mask apparatus just to be able to breathe which would never be allowed in in human foods but what it does for the pet is it makes it so that the person feeding fido every single day has no idea these denaturing chemicals a, a glorified version of bleach if you will hmm. just to make it simple for the viewers is actually doing a, a, a lot more damage over time as well as second generation euthanasia pentobarbital in the food over time so now you got these denaturing chemicals that they're adding into the vat of raw. And I mean, it literally, it really puts you in mind of Soylent Green. And, and if you haven't ever, I'm not saying watch it, but it, it was a movie made, I think, in the 70s with Char Charlton Heston. And, and I mean, basically what it ended up boiling down to, no pun intended, is that Soylent Green was people, at, at what Charlton Heston said at the end. Okay, I think that there was also probably, and this wasn't, this was telegraphing their punches as well, soy, you lint. Soy is one of the worst things you can possibly put in your body. It is not a food fit for human consumption in any way, shape, or form. And, and virtually all the soy, as if it wasn't bad enough now, is GMO soy. So now you've really got, you've got your GMO Franken food soy commingled with humans that have been ground up and basically boiled in a vat because when you see them in their version of the rendering plane in Soylent Green from what I can remember from the movie it's like there it's like a liquid they're floating in it looks like water I guess and then they're I'm assumed that, that this is very very similar to what we're being uh, what is being described here and what would that be called if we were consuming human beings? Well, that would be called cannibalism. Now, we're destroyed for lack of knowledge. So don't you think if Satan could get pets eating pets and humans eating humans and not knowing about it and then maybe hiding a whole bunch of blood in certain types of meats or whatever, that he'd like to do that or like PepsiCo was doing using, you know, aborted fetal cell lines in order for flavor enhancement through the Seminex thing. Um, and... You know, they say they're not doing that now. I, I don't trust any of them. I don't trust any big uh, uh, conglomerate companies like that, whether it's Pepsi, Coke, whatever. I try to stay away from that type of food because it's all contaminated. I just saw this thing about those gobstoppers the other day where they have all of these nanoparticles in them and and um, titanium dioxide, which is that whitening agent, which is highly... I mean... Any food that you're eating now that's mass-produced, gum, gum especially with all of those like uh, NutraSweet or aspartame, potassium or all of the suc sucralose, I mean, all of that stuff is absolute total poison. It's just not the kind of poison where you're going to take and you're going to die two minutes later. It's a bioaccumulating poison. It is defiling you. I believe these types of foods are defiling you obviously at a physical level but probably also at a spiritual level particularly if there's any types of, of um, blood in there because the bible says that it was a perpetual covenant that you should not eat the blood with the meat it says it in the new and it says it in the old
okay? It says in the old, it's a perpetual covenant, but it also says in the new, do not eat blood in the meat, okay? Um, and so any way Satan could figure out to try to trick you into eating other humans um, and um, taking in foreign defiled DNA in your system again the, the most direct way to do that where it's going to cause the most damage is via vaccines where they're literally cult culturing over 13 different vaccines off aborted babies off aborted fetal cell lines called diploid cells look it up in the PDR physician physician's desk reference vaccinations like MMR and um, Verivax the chicken pox one there's a whole bunch of them I've done Tons of studies on that. They're literally culturing them off aborted babies. Through the food system, through the vaccination system, they are trying to defile us, body, soul, and spirit, every possible way they can, so that we are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And this is the goal. This is the goal. And understand the denaturing process changes the shape of the protein in the protein powder, which means that the bodies of our pets don't treat these proteins coming through the same way they would if they were, say, eating a, a fresh ground beef, for example, or a fresh fish. Uh, the, the protein, after it's been heated and treated, the protein shape changes, which is critical because right. how the body responds right. to protein depends on the shape. But also, Derek, because pounds equals dollars. There is no... And, and again, I, I realize this is hard for people to accept, but during the rendering process, when these people are creating protein sources and stuff, and by the way, that's when you pick, when you pick up a, a bag of commercial pet food and you flip it over and it says meat byproduct, that's what that means. They don't want to identify a specific meat si a source like chicken or beef. Byproducts means, hey, it's just a big swarm of whatever we were able to get that month from the city who's picking up uh, you know, dead animals from the streets. This could in include roadkill. But also, when a supermarket gets a whole delivery... Remember what he just said, it could include roadkill. They, the rendering plants buy, get the roadkill too. Okay, so it's not just dead euthanized pets, you know, with their flea collars. It's not just that, it's also roadkill. It's also diseased, dead livestock that could have been in the sun rotting for days on end. As long as it's meat, they're going to render it into something that can be consumed. That's the whole point. It's like when Taylor and I went a long time ago to Big Sugar. Um, the uh, And we weren't going there to marvel. I was going there more as an educational process. And we went, it was in Okeechobee. And it was, um, one. I don't know, You probably U.S. Sugar or something. And they were like, there was a room, and it was near the end of the, of the refining process, the bleaching process, which which is really horrific to the sugar um, regarding the bleaching process, what it does when we ingest it. Um, there was a room where they were sweeping up all this excess sugar that had been like on the ground that people had been walking on. And they even said during the tour, like, yeah, we just sweep it back up and we, we put it through the, uh, the, the processing again and everything's you know removed it, it's similar to this it doesn't matter how defiled or how messed up the meat is how rotten it is how toxic it is as long as they can render this and then put those chemicals in there and turn it into some type of goo that they can feed back to your pets that's all that matters it's all about the bottom line of let's say fresh fish or chicken when those meats at the grocery store go over the expiration 
those are often then also picked up by, it's convenient for the grocery stores. Sure. A man will show up, he'll pick up all of those expired meats, and those are also delivered to the pet food uh, rendering companies. And when they're all coming up the conveyor belt before they get mulched, they're not opened. They're not removing the plastic. They're not taking the, the, the meat off styrofoam the styrofoam tray. Styrofoam that tray. That gets ground up into the... The steak. Uh, excuse me, the, the, the sticker. The ink on the sticker. Any supermarket rejects. Any supermarket rejects. And everything tied um, to it. And, and again... Because they care about everybody so much. And again, that's just further confirmation on the, on the collars. For uh, Fluffy and Rover. The euthanized pets. The roadkill. A lot of these uh, cats and dogs are still wearing their flea collars. They don't remove the ID tags. And Derek, you know that in a recent interview that we did here at Skywatch TV, Dr. Hovey said that euthanized pets, chemicals like pentobarbital, might be the least of people's worries. Wow. This is Consider that's what they actually kill the pet with. If it's the least of our worries, that's, that's pretty bad. But this is information that we need as Christians. You may be wondering why we're focusing on pets. Check Genesis chapter 2. The Lord made us stewards of his creation. To take dominion of the earth means to protect it, guard it, and shepherd it with care. That's why we're focusing on this, and we'll talk more with the authors of Dead Pets Don't Lie as Skywatch TV continues right after this. A righteous man regardeth the life of his beast. It's right in the Bible. A righteous man regardeth the life of his beast. Okay? So if you abuse your pets or you abuse your whatever that is a reflection on the type of person you are okay and you could say oh well, what i don't care that's what the bible says so all this factory farming that goes on that is beyond inhumane to the animals i mean beyond inhumane to the chickens to the cows to i mean it's beyond. Taylor, what was that statistic on how they grind up chicks? The little male chicks? 2,000 each day per per farm? And they just put them into a grinder? They throw them into like this grinder? These little male chicks that they don't have any use for. The little baby ones? I mean, like, my favorite thing, one of my favorite things, and I don't do it that much, but if I go by Tractor Supply, they'll have like the little chicks in there. You couldn't get any more cute than those little babies, the little chicks. And they're taking the males and evidently just grinding, throwing them against a wall and grinding them up. You can't have that level of, of mass murder and evil of, of animals go on and it not affect the food chain. And it not, it's, it's defiling the land too, as far as I'm concerned. There's a lot of things that defile the land. The shedding of innocent blood. You know, of yes, I, I agree, humans primarily, but I mean, you know, what about all the innocent animals that are that are being annihilated and, and ground up and shown no, and I mean, you know, factory farming, they're feeding them all the garbage in the feed, they're, the, it's, it's like usually soy-based, it's got pesticides all over it, they give the, an, the animals all these antibiotics, they crowd them into cages where they can't move, they're miserable, they have no quality of life. All of that is causing a lot of the bad hormones in their body to be hyper-secreted, like cortisol and, and the hormones that you would produce when you're in a lot of pain and fear. And then they slaughter the meat, and then you get that in the meat. You're eating that 
those chemicals, those hormones even, and that's not even including all the chemicals we're talking about. It has to affect you. I, I mean, on, on even a spiritual level, I believe at some level it is affecting you on a spiritual level. So that is why it is, it is always best, whenever possible, to buy free-range, pasture-raised, really, is, is now they're saying is kind of the gold standard. I understand. Everybody can't afford it. I get it. Okay, I'm just saying, if pray about it. God can provide a way, I do believe that, for people to start eating the way that God would have intended it. I, I did a whole teaching on the Le Levitical Dietary Guidelines. You can keyword search that. And I did it on the wisdom. I'm not saying we're bound by them, okay? But there is wisdom in the Levitical Dietary Guidelines. You mean even down to the slaughtering methods and these types of things. Um, God imparted that wisdom to the Jews for a reason, not just because he was wanting them to jump through all these hoops. So you can just key in dietary in the keyword search. You'll probably be finding it. Uh, Contendingfortruth.com So, anyway, I just wanted to throw that in as well. Okay, so continuing on. Coming this November. I'm not sure that the world is ready to receive this. Tom Horn. Joe Artis. Donna Howell. And the Skywatch investigation team join a host of global experts in the conclusion of a multi-year undercover inquiry that exposes what the U.S. government, the FDA, and monster corporations have been hiding from you. We're talking about everything from the food that we eat to animals and pet animals to ultimately humans. Literally, what we have been doing with genetically modified crops, what we have and are doing with transgenically made animals, we fully intend to do with the human race. I mean, how many people know right now that the last scientist in Congress, Bill Foster, recently spoke before Congress. He wrote an article for The Hill in which he says that right now the top science departments in our government that dole out taxpayer-funded revenue have already been ordered to literally create the guidelines that are going to be used for genetically modifying the human race. I think 90% of Americans would be shocked if they learned that their cats and dogs were eating these diseased meats and euthanized pets, euthanized pets. During our investigation, we were able to verify that if your pet Fluffy had been euthanized at one of these vet clinics or one of these shelters, it would be recycled into food byproducts, toothpaste, cosmetics, deodorant. Toothpaste, cosmetics, and deodorant too? Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what this, they don't even get into that today. But I'm telling you, anything mass produced, any kind of big pharma or big conglomerate company, General Mills or, or whatever, I'm telling you, it's evil. The stench is overwhelming, it's unbelievable. Coming in November, an unprecedented official and imposing undercover report that exposes what government agencies and greedy corporations are hiding about a genetic menace that is slowly 
quietly, secretly killing and transforming all of creation. They have made a Faustian deal with the devil. I'm talking about our government. They have sold out the best interest of Americans to greedy monster corporations that are in their back pockets. Coming this November exclusively from Skywatch TV. Dead pets don't lie. Inhuman, the documentary. Survive the future. So I think what they're trying to do is tie these two subjects together. The defilement on a genetic level of both the pets and the humans. Okay, and how that is the most near and dear thing to Satan's heart regarding this subject, the whole transhumanism agenda, where not only are we defiled on a, on a genetic level, but then they're going to go further with more vaccines. Obviously, they've got like 200 in the pipeline now. And then um, also the neural and the biological implants, all leading up to the mark of the beast, where we will be part machine, part human. Where we will be, literally be a cyborg. And Jesus didn't come back to save cyborgs, okay? So Satan knows this. He knows that he, if he can get people and humanity defiled to a, to a certain level, they won't be able to get saved anymore. That's what this is about. It's that important. Our series Genetic Armageddon continues on Skywatch TV as we continue looking at the ways science is fundamentally transforming the world around us as we continue our conversation with the co-authors of the new book, Dead Pets Don't Lie, Joe Artis and Donna Howell. Uh, Joe, you, you left us just before the break. Uh, Dr. Gene Hovey, holistic veterinarian that you interviewed for the book, uh, made the comment that what we've been talking about in the first half of the program, that the uh, pentobarbital to euthanize pets, making it into the food chain, maybe the least of pet owners' worries? That's right. I want to share something that we retrieved from the, from, the, from the FDA. We were able to retrieve documentation that, in their own words, they not only acknowledge this is happening, but they're not regulating it out of existence. Um, pentobarbital, the idea that a pet would... Because I, I can see certain pet owners that might feel like, well, you know, if a dog eats a euthanized dog, I mean, wouldn't that happen in the wild? Wouldn't a wolf find another dead wolf or something like that and maybe eat them? But not one that's been poisoned but to death. not one that's been poisoned to death, that's been through the denaturing process where chemicals chemicals have bleached the meat, now rendered into with styrofoam trays and dead cattle and maggots and all of these other things. But let me, let me share a couple of the, uh, uh, and, and this is in very popular, this is, not, this is not a conspiratorial thing, this is not just only if you go to a farm feed store and you find some obscure brand, I'm talking about big commercial chains. A ton of those pet foods are being preserved for unnaturally long shelf lives to help the person manufacturing it improve their bottom line. It gives them a larger window in which to sell the food. They're being preserved with chemicals that are just absolutely outrageous. They're devastating. The ramifications are devastating to the pet. And again, this is directly from some of the resources we were able to pull from the FDA. One chemical, I'm going to give you a couple examples of dozens. Propylene glycol used in pet foods to stabilize moisture, inhibit bacterial growth, maintain texture, and used as a sweetener. Okay, so that the pet is like, wow, this tastes really good. I'm wildly excited about it. <laughs> it is largely considered one of the most dangerous preservatives in pet foods. It also happens to be a well-known ingredient in antifreeze. I was yes. going to say, that sounded familiar, and that's why we're told when you've got antifreeze around to keep it away from pets, because the sweet taste will attract them. And that's right. See, when a person buys pet food, and they take it home to see if Fluffy enjoys it, and Fluffy's just so ravenous about it, you know. Now, what they've done, 
currently is antifreeze that comes out has has now they've had had to have add other ingredients to it to make it where you can't poison people with it because a lot of particularly women were poisoning like their husbands i mean i can't tell you how many of those instances i've seen where and i'm not demonizing women i'm saying it was the one of the way main ways if they wanted to knock their husband off it was one of the main ways they were doing it back in like the 80s and i'm not sure exactly when they started putting the chemical in there maybe into the 90s i don't know but they were they would you know wow honey this this sweet tea tastes really uh really sweet but boy oh boy i get a bad stomach ache off and you know and 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 they were using the antifreeze in and particularly um uh drinks to kill their husbands and um i'm not saying it can never be the other way around but it was one of the main ways um and uh but if they're using it in the pet food industry they don't have to they don't they're not having to adhere to those same guidelines they're using it as a preservative in the pet food it's not antifreeze it's just straight propylene glycol which has a sweet taste which you know it's wonder the poor pets nowadays are, are living past the age of five as many ways as they're trying to kill them animals are going to often eat based on smell and taste mm -hmm. So they're going to eat this stuff ravenously, and it's going to leave the, the person who bought the pet food with this impression, well, this must be a good one. It is known to cause illness in canines, can inhibit growth of an animal's good bacteria. This is why a lot of people will take probiotics. Mm -hmm. Can cause blockage or cancerous lesions in the intestines because of its use in moisture control. Mm. Considered to cause the most overlooked issues in canine health, including itching, dryness of skin. I saw that a lot. Uh, uh, and do see it a lot when I'm in the field working with canines, various clients. You see that a lot. Dry and again, but this is all part about creating more customers for the veterinary industry, for for the uh, not only just the vets but also the the pet stores. Oh, my my pet has this. He has dry skin, so you go get him some topical thing or some whatever drug or whatever, and it just becomes this perpetuating cycle of skin and you often find that they're feeding these cheap commercial dog foods uh, dehydration hair loss anemia and irregularities in the mouth teeth and gums listed as grass by the fda generally regarded as safe generally regarded as safe generally recognized propylene glycol another really quick example poison this this is going to blow your mind tbhq is another very popularly used preservative in pet food used as a pr preservative as well as an ingredient in explosives varnishes resins and lacquers <laughs> and i don't mean to sound condescending i really don't it's just that i almost as i'm reading this material directly from the fda i mean it leaves me with this impression that is it like is there no limit is there seriously no limit to what they will allow mm. to be used in and really though no, there isn't it's gotten that in your face that satanic that on multi-pronged almost every aspect of our life they are trying to kill you and your pets anything that's that that god created they want to defile and destroy the seas the land the trees the air the water the humans the animals satan wants it all gone he wants it all gone and and he's doing everything he can possibly do to defile it commercial pet foods contains petroleum derived butane links to precancerous stomach tumors and labs can cause damage to your dna considered safe by the fda for use in pet food
Yeah, and as we talked, we found out from Dr. Hovey that uh, a recent study showing that uh, dogs have uh, expressed more genes that allow them to uh, process carbohydrates, enzymes exactly. that allow them to process carbohydrates. It's not necessarily dogs were created to eat corn-based kibble. It's because exactly. we've been feeding them corn-based kibble. We're changing their DNA That's right. to adapt to the food that we've been given. That's right. Yeah, uh, Donna, speaking of uh, how long this can go on and how much is, is allowed, there's a chapter in the book called the pass the buck regulation game. What do you mean by that? There's kind of a game of finger pointing that goes on in the pet food industry. Um, the only regulatory authority, period, <clears throat> is the FDA. But let's say that, you know, John Smith decides that he wants to start a pet food company. He goes to the FDA and says, what is required? Straight off the FDA website, it's cited several times in the book, there is no pre-market approval necessary. Absolutely no pre-market approval required by the FDA. Really? You can see it on their website. So John Smith says, well, if I don't need anything from the FDA, what are they at least suggesting I follow? The FDA points a finger at both the PFI, the Pet Food Institute, and AFCO. So John Smith goes to these two different websites and says, okay, what is required of me? What do I got to do? The first thing that, that both AFCO and PFI say at the top of their website is we don't have any regulatory authority. We exist to create really, really high standard suggestion laws. We suggest that you follow these. We really hope you do, because if you follow all of these little laws and policies and regulations as far as uh, you know, the high standards of pet food, this is gonna be your healthiest food. Mm -hmm. So John Smith says, okay, thank you AFCO for your suggestion, but if it's not regulated, I'm not gonna follow that because I'm John Smith and I'm gonna cut corners. Mm -hmm. So forget you, AFCO, what does PFI say? Same exact thing as AFCO. But all the while, FDA is saying, you really need to be following these guys over here. So it's just a finger pointing game. It continues to go round and around and around. Finally, John Smith says, look, I don't have to follow what AFCO says. I don't have to follow what PFI says. The FDA says that there is not a pre-market approval standard. So there really is no regulation prior to the market, and it isn't until a pet gets hurt that somebody would have to step in and regulate. As in the case some years ago where uh, ingredients coming from China contained melamine and dogs began right. to die. Mm -hmm. yep. um, with just a couple of minutes left, uh, what, what do people do? How do we educate ourselves so that we aren't feeding our pets poison? Yes, thank you for asking that, Derek. I want to make it very clear to the people watching this program that dead pets don't lie was a very serious multi-year investigation, but it's not just a book with tons and tons and tons. and It's not only limited to, to all of this terrible news. We knew when we took on this writing project that people would want to know what can we do. We're not fatalist about this. There are things that a person can absolutely do to dramatically reduce the number of poisons and things, if not a completely eliminate uh, the, the poisons and the toxins that their pet is being exposed to. Um, and if I may, let me just share just a few, and, and we're just going to skim the surface with this very broad stroke, but for somebody watching the program that wants to know where they can start immediately today, number one, when you look at a pet food bag, flip it over, look at the label, and make sure that it doesn't say anywhere, byproducts. Or meat and bone meal. Meat and bone meal. Avoid those like the plague. If you see Poultry byproduct, meat byproduct of any kind, avoid that bag completely. Uh, try to steer away from uh, pet foods that use primary ingredients like corn and various grain types. The other thing you can... Well, you know if it's corn, it's GMO corn. I mean, unless it's said non-GMO pet food. And I don't even know if that is something that... Uh, I'm sure it is. 
Um, I mean, if it said organic, obviously it'd have to be non-GMO. That's that's a way you can you can know for sure. Um, but then again, you would still want to, you know, not do anything with the meat byproducts as well. What you can do is go on the web, type in the name of the brand you're considering, and look for recalls associated with that brand. You'll often find that a lot of popular commercial foods have been pulled off the markets for various salmonella uh, outbreaks and things like this where they've been pulled back in. Uh, there are good brands out there that do not have uh, recalls associated with it. When you're doing research, uh, talk to a smaller boutique-style pet store. Go into a place where you're going to get more of a mom-and-pop shop. I have found that you get more educated-type information as opposed to the big commercial-type pets. Absolutely. Which is really the way, it, it, obviously, it's the best way to just shop in general. You know, local, which is what the Illuminati and the New World Order is trying to phase out of totally. Anything mom-and-pop, they want everything to be like Walmart. Okay, so that's another thing to, to consider as well. Yes, they're going to be more expensive, but if we just keep going along with, you know, this Walmart-type mentality, it's just we're, we're, we're funding our own destruction, ultimately. Stores, And finally, look for bags that on the label read the ingredient sources uh, that, that have been used, read like prairie-raised right. or free-range chicken and beef and typically wild what caught wild caught wild fit. caught that, that typically means that they're free range that they're eating things that are native to what they should be eating cattle eating grass chicken eating seed and not being fed things like cattle you know being fed things like genetically modified corn and then being turned around and rendered into uh, pet food hmm. it's startling it's stunning and it's frankly it's infuriating that uh, this is allowed to go on. Dead Pets Don't Lie, an important new book from Donna Howell and Joe Artis, uh, be released on November 17th, and along with Inhuman, the next <clears throat> and final phase of Man is Here, documentary film from Skywatch TV. Part of our series on genetic Armageddon, science... So that's the, uh, that's the report there, and that's just part one, and uh, I think that they're, they're just bringing up some absolutely amazing points that everybody needs to know. Uh, now let's. Uh, I'm going to try to fit in one more part before I go to the part two here. Uh, this one's entitled "Zombie Nation on the Verge of Exploding: Americans Totally Unprepared for the Coming Storm." So one comment regarding this report read: Without God opening people's eyes, they will be completely overwhelmed and totally unprepared uh, for and destroyed by what they have denied all along. And again, you can see this occurring on so many different levels, you know. Uh, the most important prep is getting into a, well, having, having Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, basically what they're saying there. Um, and obviously that's true. And uh, pray for wisdom, pray for understanding, pray for knowledge, pray for the fear of the Lord, because the fear of the Lord imparts those things. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. So that is all intricately linked. And considering what 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 says, that God is going to send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth. Those are, that's the people that are going to be damned. And granted, I understand Jesus Christ, that's the central truth they're in reference to there. But it's also truth in general. It's also this type of, of, of truth. I mean, is it we just accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and then go on as an ignorant sheeple people into the abyss? 
I don't think so. You know, that's the start of the process, accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and then praying for that wisdom, that understanding, that knowledge in the most deceptive time the world has ever known. Jesus Christ even said in Matthew 24, to be not deceived regarding all that is coming in the end times, which is what that chapter is about, and that there's going to be many false prophets, and, and, and if it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived. So, and, and again, that's why it also talks about not being heady or high-minded or proud, because pride blinds you, and if you're proud, and you think you're in need of nothing, like the Bible talks about in Revelation chapter 3 with the Laodicean church, you know, yet they, they, they thought that they were rich and increasing goods and, 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 and were, you know, right with God, but in God's eyes they were blind and weak and naked and wretched and before him, but they, they didn't see it because they were blind to it, mostly due to pride and for having no love for truth. And this is some hard truth that we're, we're looking at today, and this is why the name of this ministry is Contending for Truth. That's what it's all about, really, especially in the end times. When there's more deception than the world has ever known, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.13 that evil men and seducers shall wax, meaning grow, worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So these people, for instance, at the head of these uh, these big companies these pet food companies just for one example you know they're deceiving people in mass but they themselves are deceived because they think they're on the winning team but they're not they're going to go to hell unless they get saved and then they're going to burn in the lake of fire for eternity so they themselves are deceived as well let's go further we recently read a very interesting story on rt Russia today, I believe, where the writer compared America to a ticking time bomb. The only thing stopping it from exploding was the right detonator. The author proceeded to give us a series of reasons that the U.S. is so fragile right now, uh, a potential powder keg ready to explode on many fronts, and like in the likely detonators. Uh, one of the reasons he tells us our nation is in such danger was recently addressed in an alert in which the reader asked, what will happen to America if all of the anti-depression drugs that Americans are suddenly on become, quote, unavailable. The zombie nation, the reader said, comes to mind. However, that little problem would quickly be only the tip of the iceberg as America is totally unprepared, physically, mentally, and most importantly, spiritually, for what is ahead of us. Uh, a recent RT story reports on our declining food system with the destruction of farms and reliable food sources. Now, just as a, as a point that was just mentioned, um, the connection to violent suicide mass murders um, are these serotonin selective reuptake inhibitors, these SSRIs, or really the mind-altering meds. Uh, it, it's, it's virtually and almost 100% of these, these mass shootings. Um, you're dealing with pharmacia, and when this pharmacia becomes unavailable in mass, virtually overnight, when the trucking system shuts down, when, when, when the the uh, green light is given to pull the plug on America, and then you, you have all these other things going on. The Muslims are going to go hot with the with their all of the jihad and possibly false flag nukes. Maybe you're going to have this in combination with a uh, with some type of uh, pandemic. You're going to have the the civil war between the whites and the blacks. You're going to have all of the gangs that are going hot. You're going to have the government. You're going to have more trauma 
on a mental and physical level than you've ever seen. And people aren't going to be able to get to their meds or they're going to be quickly used up, which is going to just create... And again, remember, all this has been set up by design to have maximum uh, satanic impact when that satanic lever is pulled. So it's just something to think about. Um, and um, I've had a lot of people email me about getting off opiates, the, these, these medication-based opiates. Whether and, and here's another thing I've learned recently. And I'm probably going to run out of time here. Yeah, I'm going to for sure. Um, what I've been seeing is there's an explosion of heroin abuse now particularly in America. And, you know, when I was a kid growing up, you know, you always thought of, a, of heroin abuse as this thing where not a lot of people did it and you had to be what they call a junkie, quote junkie, heroin junkie, you know. But now, it's made this gigantic re resurgence, okay? You know why? This is so satanically evil. The government in their infinite wisdom, via the pharmaceutical companies, back in, I really believe this started in the 90s, because it was when I first started hearing about Oxy, because I worked with an MD back then, and, and these people would come in trying to get OxyContin, and I researched it, and I'm like, OxyContin was originally developed as an end-stage cancer drug, to like get somebody like that was an unbelievable pain from cancer, basically to death, with a minimal amount of pain. That's what it was for. Well, then they started, they started giving oxy for like, you know, you sprain your toe. You stub your toe or something. I mean, so what ended up happening is it is one of the most addictive drugs you've ever, I mean, I, I've talked to people that have had prescriptions for it. And they're like, you know, you can't believe how you feel on this stuff. It's this nice warm feeling. And then the problem is, is when you come down, then you want more. And you get addicted to it very, very quickly. If you have somebody with chronic pain issues and all of a sudden they, they're, they're at a place where they're feeling better than they felt in years and then all of a sudden that feeling starts to be taken away, well, then they become highly motivated in a very negative way. I had a lot of patients that I saw that would get on this stuff and literally they would go from being, it seemed like decent people one day, to total habitual pathological liars the day later. Once they started it, I've seen the transformation. There is a spiritual, there, there are very powerful spiritual devils associated with these opiate-based painkillers, and particularly OxyContin. Well, now, guess what? Now they've made it so where you can't get Oxy anymore unless you're, like, really rich, okay? And they made it to now where you can't, like, like they used to snort some of this stuff, I guess. They've, they've, they've done stuff to the pills where you can't do that. It, it's cost prohibitive. It's much harder to get. So guess what? Now the people that were addicted to the opiate-based painkillers are now all going on heroin because it's cheaper. They're still addicted. And I'm not saying to watch the show Drugs, Inc., but it does show you this phenomenon that is exploding all by design. And guess what? Guess what our government's been doing ever since we've been in Afghanistan, as I've reported on many occasions. They're guarding the poppy fields. So the poppy fields, which is where you get the heroin, okay, are 
troops have been forced to guard this for years. Before we got in there, the opium production out of Afghanistan was very low compared to what it is now. Now that we've got in there and we've been guarding the poppy, and this is why Obama just said recently, like in the last week, that we're going to stay in Afghanistan. We, we, we can't leave there. Why? Because they're trying to destroy the world and primarily America, the last domino to drop, or the main last domino to drop, before they could implement the New World Order, get as many people addicted to the um, painkillers in general, okay? And then what happens is you take away the painkillers, now you're willing to rob Peter to pay Paul to get your heroin, which is cheaper and gives you four times the high from what I heard, from what these people are doing. They're sharing needles, they're getting AIDS, they're getting hepatitis, they're overdosing, you don't ever know what you're getting with the heroin. Now they're making really, really good heroin out of Mexico as well more in the mountains of Mexico. So you've got two different types of heroines, uh, probably more than two. You got your black tar, you got the stuff coming from Afghanistan, you've got the um the stuff coming from Mexico which is very 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 high quality and potent for the most part unless it's been cut and you know don't ever know what you're getting. And you see how some of these people live on these shows and it's like you can't even comprehend their whole life all they care about is their next heroin shot. Their, their only self-centered purpose in life is to get to that next high, that next heroin shot, and they go out and they panhandle and they do whatever. If they're women, a lot of times they prostitute themselves or, or they'll steal. They'll have various stealing scams. They get enough money to go get their next heroin shot. They call up their drug dealer. They go get it, and then they're, they're okay until the next morning or whatever. And then they start going through withdrawal again, and then it all starts over again. This is going this is going on in mass across America and probably tons of other places on the planet. And, it, and I really believe the resurgence of this was when they started giving those oxys and these opiate-based painkillers to people that were in like auto accidents and stuff like that. That's when it started. During, I believe, the 90s, most likely. And even probably before that. And here we are guarding the poppy that makes all this happen, that has exploded the production of heroin worldwide because of what our government, and I'm not even blaming the troops that have to do it, because they're just taking orders. I'm, I'm talking about the government that is that like Obama and the Bushes and all these other devils that, that know all about this. You go back to Iran-Contra, we were flying in the cocaine, literally, into America. There's there's whole documentaries on that. There, I mean, the, the whole Clinton Chronicles thing, they were flying in in Amina, Arkansas, on C-47s. Clinton was all behind that. The Clintons both were behind that when he was government of, governor of Arkansas. So our government is absolutely, totally nefariously evil and wicked and, and just devils that you can't even comprehend. And they're doing all this stuff to get us all addicted to these opiate-based painkillers and whatever else they can get, it, get us addicted to in the pharmacia medical range so that when they pull the plug, you're going you're gonna to have no problem slit in somebody's throat in order to get your next high. I'm not talking to my listeners. I'm just talking to people in general that are addicted to this stuff. So email me if you're trying to get off this stuff. I have some, some um, natural remedies. I, can't, I don't even have time to get into it today that you can use that people have actually gotten off heroin and opiates with. There are some natural alternatives. Granted, you're still going to have to suffer some, but not as much if you can go the natural route. It's just, so anyway, I have to end this part here and we will go to part two next. God bless you.
Scott Johnson's 1,000 plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H.com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2359 Highway 70 Southeast, number 321, Hickory, NC, 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.